I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I chat with Samantha Ronson. And it's a glorious chat. You're in for a real treat on this one. Before we get on with it, though, there's just a few thank yous. So I'd just like to thank Scribius Pip and my friends at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. I should also say that if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, when you get to the end of my chat with Sam, go and have a rummage in the archives because there's over 200 episodes. Uh, You can hear me chatting to... Artists as diverse as Chuck D, to Mel C, to Sheik, to the Deftones, to Rag and Bone Man, gosh, who else? Uh, OMD, and actors such as Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington, Joe Hartley, comedians like Jade Adams, Ed Gamble. Oh, they're stacks. I'll be here all night trying to list them, so go and have a a rummage in the archives when you get to the end of today's episode. And uh, and also, if you, you want even more and you like mixtapes and radio shows and stuff, then I have a Patreon page that accompanies the podcast, and I put up four shows a week over there. And from as little as about 70p a week, uh, you can get access to all of that and access to a, another few hundred shows in the archives over there as well. And by... But sort of, you know, doing that, you you start to help the podcast, you know, a little bit more as well, because this is a a pure labour of love. So any kind of love you can give over on the Patreon, that's much appreciated. Okay, Um, should we just get on with it? Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Samantha Ronson. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Me, stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Joining me via the means of Zoom today, Samantha Ronson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> well, before we get into your records uh, and the song choices today, I just want to ask you because we're, we're, we're kind of coming to the tail end of a, a completely bananas year, and and you know you work in a very similar. Uh, a similar sort of trade as what I do and it's one of the ones that's been hit hugely uh, this year so I just I just want to wonder uh, you know just wondering how you found 2020 both personally and professionally I mean shit <laughs> <laughs> first of all it feels like Groundhog Day like it's just the same fucking day over and over and over again 
Um, I mean, personally, it's been a it's it's been a fine year. I mean, my dog died, which was kind of, I mean, not kind of, it was a total bummer. But it, in the grand scheme of things, compared to what other people have suffered this year, it was very minor. Um, you know, I mean, I've just been home. I've, I've never been home. I don't think I've ever been in in one city for this long. Where, where is that, Sam? Uh, L.A. L.A. But, I mean, even as a kid, I, I, I was never in one city for that long either because my dad was on tour. My stepdad was on tour. My real dad, once we moved to New York, he lived in London, so we went back and forth to London all the time. So I've never just sat still in one I – I, not since I was probably four. Does that feel strange? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> And also, it's terrifying because I could get used to this. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like, I don't know, feeling, I, I feel like an old, like an old lady, just like, <laughs> just kind of like wander around the, potter around the house, figure out what to do today. Oh, man, you just said the word potter. When you start pottering, that's a sign you're getting old. You can't start pottering, Sam. You're too young for that. <laughs> what else are we doing you know i do my my streams and i do shit like that but like other than that like i'm just like yeah well, me so has there been like any kind of, sort of socially distanced kind of dj gigs or anything like that in the states i did one streaming one like in uh when uh fear of god launched the the zenya collection that he did he had me do a set um, so I did it at the store, but I was the only one there. There was like a camera crew and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was kind of a bummer because he wanted me to, he asked me to do like a Yacht Rock set. And so I like kind of put together a Yacht Rock set. And then uh, it turned out that it was only supposed to be a 15 minute set. And then it turned out that the 15 minutes, I think most of it didn't have any audio. So... <laughs> So then I redid it, but I didn't want to replay the set because I didn't know which part didn't have audit. It was just. Yeah. You, you just can't replicate playing records in a club. No. Well, let's talk records. For track one, so I'm going to ask you the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. I mean, this one's so tough because there's so many good ones. They're meant like... to be tough. They're meant to be tough. I mean... You can have a couple of honourable mentions. Okay. I would say, I mean, Prince, Let's Go Crazy. <laughs> Dearly Beloved. Which I obviously, when my, I, I, my sister was foolish enough to have me officiate her wedding a few years ago. And that is obviously how I started. Nice. My, my, my bit. Dearly Beloved, we're gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Um, I got a couple of laughs and some dirty looks, but did Prince make a big dent on you growing up? Um, you know, growing up, no. Uh, once I started, you know, because I grew up in a house with like music was just like there already, so I never really had to like buy it for myself or make any choices. It was pretty well curated, and um, so. I kind of didn't, it was just kind of like we had like a great like 50s jukebox in our living room and then, you know, Mark had his like alternative rock playing from his room and 
my sister, my twin, uh, we were like really, <laughs> my sister was definitely like, this is my side of the room and this is your side of the room and her side of the room had the boom box. So <laughs> she got to control that. And it was like, you know, she was the one that turned me on to like, I remember when she brought home the bizarre ride to the far side record and, and things like that. But, uh, once I got a car is when I started buying music. Yeah. And then uh, that's when I got into Prince. So I'm late. So you, you just touched on something there. Obviously, growing up in such a, a musical house where you said there was just, you know, all variants of music coming from, you know, different rooms. Sometimes people that are in, you know, kind of surrounded by stuff like that, sometimes kind of almost reject it. Or did you did you just kind of kick against it in any way, or did you embrace it? I definitely I, I loved it, and I was always like that music nerd that like could like name that tune within like half a second and all that. Like I was like a party trick, but at the same time, I didn't amass any sort of collection of my own. I never had my own anything. I just kind of like, of course, of course. I had like a couple CDs or records or cassettes growing up, but like, and I had my favorites, but I wasn't particularly interested like in, in finding my own, I guess it was just there. And I had really great curators. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I had to like rebel against bad taste. So it was just kind of, well, uh, let's let's stay in them kind of formative years because I'm going to ask you, Sam, what the first song was you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you? Every Time You Go Away by Paul Young. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I think about it now, like, what a sad kid I was. And, you know, and I'm sure it had everything to do with being, you know, with, divorced parents that lived in different countries and my mother was going on the road with my stepfather so I'm sure I like related to that but it was I just like I laugh about it now because I'm like that is that's crazy I think that was the first CD single I bought right and what was the emotion that you got from from hearing that what was the you know what was the impact what was the emotion if you had to sort of pinpoint it it was just like that longing and that sadness of, because I would get so upset when we had to leave, you know, when we had to go on holiday with our father, God forbid going on holiday now. <laughs> on holiday. Um, but yeah, when my mother would leave, I would be hysterically crying. So yeah. I think it's that separation anxiety. Yeah. So if you, you heard that and you shut your eyes, that's the kind of thing that it'd take you straight back to. Yes, for sure. <laughs> the nerdy. And so, and so, where was this? Where I just want to get a timeline of kind of like obviously you've 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 moved around a lot. So you was born in London. In London. Yeah, lived in London till we were about six. Okay. And then moved to New York. Okay. I lived in New York till fifteen years ago. How was that at six years old to kind of up sticks and then go and live in another country? Was it exciting? Was it scary? You know, had you, had you made friends at six years old in the UK? I mean, I had a twin sister, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. And also we're the kids in America. 
Remember that Kim Wilde song? Yes, of course. Yeah. Kim Wilde was poster on my wall. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we thought that song was about us. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> All right, well, look, I guess when you get to, to New York, uh, that's when kind of school starts at six. So, for- Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Track three, the song reminds you of your time at school. I mean... I guess you're at school for a long time, so, you know, if there's one of the earlier ones and then well, one of the later ones when your tastes start to develop, you can have a couple. I can have a couple. Um, and my school was so not... I went to, like, an all-girls private school in Manhattan. Like, there was no music in that school. Like, it was funny, because I was thinking about that, and I was like, I just I don't have, like... I mean, maybe some, tell that girl to shut up, Transvision Vamp. Yeah. So, at what school? Did you enjoy it? Eh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't really feel any way about it. It was just like it was school. There was, it, I wasn't, I did well, but I wasn't, like, it was just something you did. Yeah. Did you, <laughs> did you know what you wanted to be? No, I didn't. I didn't know what I, I didn't, I still don't know what I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 47, Sam. I ain't got a clue, mate. <laughs> uh, uh, should I know by now? I mean, I, I mean, considering our, 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 uh, our industry is completely no longer a thing, I guess I should probably figure it out sooner than later. Was you a creative kid? Uh, I like to read. I was like, I was like a nerdy reader. And then I got into writing poetry as like a sad adolescent. Yeah. Sad adolescent, as I call it. And, but no, I was like terrible in art class. 
I didn't play any music, didn't play any instruments until I didn't start playing any instruments until I was out of the house. Yeah. I was like, wait, they're not just going to be here. Like that was the thing. That was a real rude awakening when I went away to college and was like, wait, there's, there's no music. Wait, hold on a second. Yeah. Like I've figured this out for myself now. Is that what you done? Yeah. My, I started playing guitar because my stepdad, when I'm, I, my first year of college, I lived in Paris and my stepfather started his career in Paris. So he has a lot of affection for France and, um, he was there for a long time. So when he, when my mother and my stepfather came to settle me in there, they, uh, he bought a guitar while he was there that he then left with me because he didn't need to take it home. So he had plenty of guitars yeah. at home. And then I just hung it up on my wall. So I was like, okay, cool. I don't play guitar. And then when I, and then when I got back to New York, for, when I moved back to New York and I also didn't have any music there either. I was like, I started playing the guitar cause it was, a way to have music. Yeah. What sort of things would you be playing? What was, you know, I got a Beatles book. Oh, that'd I, bought, do it. I bought like a giant book of Beatles songs. Well, before we start moving forward to clubbing, I just want to, uh, kind of stay in the sort of formative years and ask you, um, what was the first song that you remember buying from a record store? Um, I can't remember if it was Wham, Make It Big, mm-hmm. or Michael Jackson, Thriller? Thriller would have been around the same time, maybe a year or so before Make It Big, possibly. Oh, then Thriller. So, I just want to ask you as a DJ, uh, and somebody that's obviously, you know, immersed in such a, you know, a musical family, how important were record shops growing up and how important are they now? I mean, for, for, I mean, I, I, I love a record store and I loved it then. I remember just like, it was just like this world of like a library. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, uh, just, you know, as technology advanced and you could like stand at a listening station at like the Virgin Megastore or HMV or wherever it was. And like, you know, cause we had like a pretty meager allowance, so I couldn't really just buy anything I wanted. And, um, so you would go and you would listen and you would, you know, make sure you wanted the whole album and not just, you know, a few songs. But I mean, even up, at, especially, you know, when I started DJing and, and, you know, for us oldies, you couldn't play a record you didn't know. Yeah. You know, nowadays you just fucking go on iTunes and you're like, oh, I'll take that. Yeah. Or you one of these record pools. But like when I started DJing, it's, I mean, it's like you had to walk, you know, barefoot in the snow both ways. But like, it really was a fucking pain in the ass. Like, you know, you would go to, there was like, you know, the vintage record stores where I remember playing, paying like 150 bucks for like, express yourself so I could like match so I could like play that off with NWA and you know you wanted to get to know the record store guy so he didn't just see as he was some dumb kid that he was gonna rip off and 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 I mean it was like a real you know I remember 
going to flea markets, you know, waking up early in the wintertime to go to flea markets to find records and like yeah. being so excited when I found Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Um, <laughs> because I could play it. Like, even though it was just like a novelty record that I would play just to make people laugh here and there. Uh, Mark Wahlberg was actually one of the owners of, of the first club that I ever worked at. So like, you know, I would, I would definitely, I'll go, I'll go pretty far for a practical joke. So like finally finding that record was pretty fucking exciting. <laughs> you know? Like some random flea market on like the lower East side or something. But So how did that kind of, you know, interesting, you know, flourishing interest in music as you got older, kind of move into, right, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to DJ. Well, see, still haven't quite learned how to DJ. Um, <laughs> uh, I actually, it was a, it was a fluke. Like I had this boyfriend at the time whose brother owned this club and he was the door guy and the DJ didn't show up. So the bar back there, he had been a DJ maybe in like San Francisco or something. So he just kind of, figured it out and we went to my car and got some cd got my cds out of the car one of those you know the case logic yeah. books and um and i played that night but i'd already started collecting records because um i loved the way they sounded and so uh i was like well let me bring records by the next night and that was a time in new york where like Hip hop clubs played hip hop, and non hip hop clubs didn't play hip hop. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it was twenty cool lounges, quite in tribal. In, in yeah, in New York, played like trip hop and like maybe some rock and roll and things like that. When, when was this, Sam? What sort of years? Where are we talking now? Ninety seven, okay, ninety eight. So yeah. I was like 20 and, um, and so, but I had all these, like, you know, I, when I bought records, I bought hip hop records. So I was like, let me bring records by tomorrow night. So I brought records by the next night and played and got offered jobs. And I remember writing my journal that night and I actually found the journal entry at one point being like, I think I want to be a DJ. And I, here I am. What did you like about it? So I love being, because I used to always hang out in the DJ booth with Mark or whoever, because I liked being out, but I was like super socially awkward. Really? So yes, yeah, so I could like be in the room, which is like so much anxiety. So I could be in the room without actually being in the room. And it's pretty awesome. And you get to like control the vibe and the mood and do all that. And you can, you still engage with people, but you always have an excuse. Yeah. So just like, sorry, can't hear you. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, 100%. Yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty, it was perfect for me. It was perfect for me. So you have your own space, you can do this, nobody can bump into you. The, the bartender or the waitress brings you drinks because they want to make sure the DJ is happy. And, uh, and you have a place to be and something to do and a reason to be there. Did you find that kind of initial anxiety sort of ease as you got more confident DJing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had just like anxiety in general, just being out and about in places. So at least 
DJing gave me something to focus on, so I wasn't yeah. so focused on what was going on in my head. Almost like a distraction. What? Almost yeah. like a distraction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so DJing was just kind of like, you know, Mark said to me, it's better to be thought of a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. So basically keep it simple, stupid. So um, that was kind of what I did. I just, I just played records. I wasn't trying to do anything fancy. I just, but I was a people pleaser. So I just played records that other people liked and worked. People want to have a good time, right? Yeah. It's pretty simple. Play good records for them. Yeah, and I played records that I like and the other girls like. So the girls are happy. The guys are happy. Everyone's happy. Well, while we're talking about DJing and records, for track five, Sam, I'm going to ask you the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Oh, I mean... Was you a clubber? Because every DJ I speak to, and, and I, I include myself in this, from the age of like 18, I was DJing. So I never yeah. really was the other side of the decks. And so, and, and if I was, I was quite awkward about it. I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, I'm not yeah. doing what I'd normally do in these places. So I just, I'm always interested to know if DJs ever could kind of just throw themselves on the dance floor and, and kind of lose the inhibitions and, and not worry about anything, just enjoy it like most people do. Not a chance. Not a chance. No, way. no, if I wasn't DJing, I was just like in the DJ booth with whoever the other DJ was, just kind of just like vibing out. But uh, DMX, party up in here. Yeah. That'll do it. <laughs> I, love, I love DMX so much. I mean, he is just the greatest. So, I mean, being in New York, I mean, kind of what sort of clubs was you going to? I mean, there's no shortage of decent places to hang out there, right? What's that? Just growing up and like and, and clubbing, was this in New York most of your, your early kind of gigs and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what sort of clubs was you, you, you sort of hanging out in then? I mean, you know, by the time I was going to clubs in New York, like it was the lounge scene. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I couldn't get into like anywhere. I looked so young. And so like when I was young, you know, when Mark was probably at like USA or Limelight or any of those places, like, I would have got laughed off the block. You know, I mean, our when we were in high school, like the way we got alcohol was at like Chinese restaurants. Yeah. And um, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know who figured that out, but like somehow, either they didn't care or whatever it was. But that's where we got our. That's where we got served. And um, I remember once trying to go to like an Upper East Side bar, and they laughed at me, and we're just like, "Come back in ten years, kid." And I was like. Oh. <laughs> crushed yes um, and uh so yeah so by the time i was going out in new york it was like it was like that wave of like lounges and this place called spy bar that was like the cool cool lounge basically what would you have wanted from a nightclub in then like what was i going out to do yeah what did you want from a night out uh Either a distraction from, like, a crush that I had or to hang out with a crush. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's take you home. For track six, uh, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. 
What's the home county? Where are you going? I mean, what's home? London, New York, LA? You choose. Uh, New York. Dwick. A gangstar. Nice. I'm going to push you for one for uh, for London as well. Favorite song from London? Uh, now or then? Whenever. Fuck. Okay. Not making it easy. <laughs> <laughs> back then. Um, back then. Uh, I mean, I already did Transmission Vamp, right? But who knows if they're from London even. Who's from London? She uh, she wow. is. She is. I actually bizarrely interviewed Wendy James uh really? about four months ago. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, oh. she's uh, she's back out and playing. Well she was up until lockdown. Oh really? What was she doing in between? Has she been doing it the whole time? She's been making music on and off, yeah. Yeah, she lives in uh Paris, I think now. And uh oh. yeah, she was super cool. She had some oh yeah, she was uh She's she'd lived a life like you know she was telling me she went sock shopping with like George Harrison and <laughs> yeah I think she dated I think she dated Mick Jones for quite a few years which I never knew and so yeah she had some some crazy stories Wendy James I met that Mick Jones from the Clash because yeah. my stepdad Mick Jones from Foreigner yeah. so uh, so I remember meeting him and being like oh my dad's the other Mick Jones. And like thinking like the clash was just like so cool compared to Farner. <laughs> he was like, Well, I wouldn't mind seeing some of his royalty checks. Grass is always fucking greener, right? Like <laughs> always. No matter who you fucking are, you're making a fucking clash and you're like, oh, <laughs> I remember being so kind of like, oh. Like, you know, because you look at the clash being like, fuck everything and like, and being like, oh, oh, okay. All right. It's like that's come from you. You're like, not that kind of guy. Um, all right, wait, hold on. Back to English, like, favorite song. I mean, where's Nick Drake from? I think he's from Kent. Um, I'm pretty sure he's from Kent, but you can have that because you want to talk about him. Let's talk about him. Oh, just the most delicious voice you will ever hear. What? Oh, breaks me in half, Sam, every time I hear it. And when I found that, that, uh, that album, was it a Pink Moon album? Yeah. I I just like, was like, what? Yeah. Like this, I just couldn't believe it because it was so like, I must have been, you know, like 20. And because growing up, you know, like I, I really loved like Plastic Ono Band and, and the Beatles and John Lennon. I was definitely, I definitely always like navigated towards like sad songs. I love sad songs. That always worked for me. And so, you know, you get the pinnacle, which is Nick Drake, yeah. just like, oh, God. So, I was a big 
I, I'll ask you this because I like to ask guests this as well if they, they touch on sort of sad songs. If you're having a day where you're feeling down, do you go and put on some, some disco and, and shake it off or do you put on Nick Drake and immerse yourself in it and, and you know, enjoy that emotion for what it is? I do because I feel like to deny it or to try to distract from it, it's almost it's like it almost feels lonelier and sadder. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And so I remember my, my sister's my sister's husband is Nate Roos from the band, you know, Fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's written some some good sad songs. And uh, I went through this breakup once, and he and he made me like the perfect heartbreak mix, and it is <laughs> just so fucking sad. <laughs> so good, and I love it. So much, and and like that's my go-to is just like. And not only did he write like, not only did he make me the greatest playlist ever, but he also like gave me a breakdown of why each song is on that mix. Like it was just like so perfect. I was just like, there's this one song on there written from the perspective of a cat that is that got lost and now can't find his way home, and it is. I mean, I cried the first time I heard it. And I'm not, like, a weepy person. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, crying commercials. But I literally full-on cried when I heard the song. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> so dark. Yeah, I like sad song. I really like to dive into it. Okay. For the last track, you can do what you do best, which is DJ. And so you, for this, I'm going to ask you for a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. 
yeah, I guess maybe mostly rappers, like the hip hop whole like genre, like they made music for the clubs. Yeah. And maybe it was because like hip hop didn't get much love on the radio. So like, that's where, that's where the shit hit. Yeah. But like, I, like radio stop playing hip hop. So like they'll make music for clubs. Like people that make it for us. I, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of music, a lot of like the biggest records right now are not zero to a hundred is a pretty big, it's like a, it's like a fun club record, but there's, it feels like rappers don't make music for the for the clubs anymore. Yeah, I hear that totally. And I really think it's a start. Well, <laughs> Sam, what we do is we put together a Spotify playlist uh, to accompany this podcast. So we'll put on all the records that you've chosen and some of the others that we spoke about as well. Um, oh, wow. You'd be very schizophrenic. <laughs> I want to hear your heartbreak mixtape now. Um, and so as we, uh, we come to the end of uh, a, a very strange year, um, and we're, you know, we're all being positive that 2021 is going to be a year of kind of coming together and connection again and, and, you know, some more freedom and stuff. Um, what are you looking forward to personally and professionally? Um, professionally, I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe making a dollar. I don't know. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing so many streams. It will be fun to have all the people that have become part of like my online kind of community. Yeah. It would be fun to have everybody kind of together. But you know, I- I'd like to. S- I'd like to see my parents. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, like it's been out here. March had to travel for work, and my twin sister lives up in Santa Barbara, so I see her. And but you know, I like. But the other side of my family, I haven't seen since February. Oh, my mother, wow. that, I, and thank God, I just happened. My last big trip was to London, and for uh, my girlfriend was going over there because she for work, so I went with. And then um, I haven't seen my mother, my stepdad, since January when I went to. It's just like you, you didn't realize if somebody had told me. It, that, you know, the middle of March, that was going to be the end of it. Yeah. would have done it in New York, but I didn't. Yeah. The last trip I did was DJ up in Sacramento. So I'd like to see my parents. Yeah. Seems like a nice thing to do. You know? Them first DJ gigs back, they're going to be special as well, right? The thought of there being people in a club like, and getting to play records again like, and seeing that kind of community on a dance floor. It's going to be special. Like I'm, I've always been a DJ that plays for the room, right? Mm. Like I was proud of myself on the thing that I'm best at is making any room dance, right? Yeah. No matter who or what, what the cross section is. So to do that, I don't, I don't know who the fuck is watching my streams. Like yeah. I know, I know, like I can see names and I recognize names over time, but like I don't know what you like. I don't know what makes you dance. I don't. So like. You know, you see the numbers change in the room. You're like, oh, do they not like that sign? You're like trying to play for the room, but I don't know who the fucking room is. I just yeah. want to play. I just want to play for a room of people in front of me that I know if they're enjoying it or not. That's it. Oh, we're all <laughs> looking forward to that. We really are. Um, Sam, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really nice talking records with you. And <laughs> and I guess we're at the time now. Is it too early to start saying have a nice Christmas? I guess we're getting close, right? 
been celebrating Christmas since like June. Who knows what day it is anyway? Oh, wait, well, Thanksgiving. You told me at the beginning, which I never knew. So have a wonderful Thanksgiving and, uh, and, and take care, Sam. It's been really lovely talking to you. Thank you. Have a good one. There you go. What a lovely chat. And uh, what, a, what an incredible life. What, you know, who gets to go from, you know, London to New York to Paris to LA? Like, amazing. And, you know, and to be able to kind of DJ along the way as well and, and, you know, and be immersed in such a, you know, a musical family. Um, absolutely incredible. Um, thank you so much um, to Samantha for giving up her time and, and coming and chatting records. It was really, really enjoyable. And I hope you lot got as much joy out of listening as I did uh, chatting to Samantha. Um, we're back next time. In the meantime, if you see us on the socials, give us a like, love, share, retweet and all of that. Um, better still, if you can subscribe to the podcast, that really helps. And as mentioned at the beginning, there is a Patreon and, uh, and there's access to hundreds of episodes over there if you've exhausted the, the hundreds that are in the archives on uh, on the general releases. So, uh, yeah, go and get stuck in. You can find out about everything you need to know to do with this podcast at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Thanks ever so much. Be excellent to each other. See you soon. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save our souls clothing. www.sosclothing.com uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, They've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping see what you like throw it in the basket and then on the way out put in the discount code BEAT15 B-E-A-T-1-5 and that'll save you 15% off amazing right www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Eat it, boy.